Hello and welcome to 30-Minute Motorcycling, a podcast for new, aspiring, and returning riders, where you'll learn about motorcycles and other two-wheelers in 30 minutes or less. And what better way to start this inaugural episode than by talking about the different kind of motorcycles? In this episode, we're going to go through the most common types, some pros and cons of each one, and the three things you must consider when you're shopping around for a motorcycle. Let's start with the standard. These motorcycles have very few fairings and body kit panels on them, which is why they're often called naked bikes. In either case, they have good all-around capabilities and are fairly lightweight. Some examples of standard motorcycles include the Suzuki SV650, the Triumph Bonneville, and the Kawasaki ER7. The biggest pro of a standard is the fact that it's a good all-rounder. If you're looking for your first motorcycle, but you're still not sure of what kind of riding you want to do, this is an excellent choice. It's also a great commuter bike, and it's easy to work on, largely thanks to its lack of fairings. As for cons, while a standard motorcycle is fairly good at doing everything, it's not going to be great at one particular thing. It's basically a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. On the other hand, if you fancy an easy rider-style long-distance trip with Born to be Wild playing in the background, a cruiser might just be your thing. These motorcycles have forward footrest, swept-back handlebars, and a classic style that makes you sit quite upright, even more so than on a standard or naked bike. There's also a more customized version of the cruiser called the Chopper. These have huge wheels, tall handlebars, and large engines. If you've ever seen an episode of American Chopper, you know exactly what I mean. Some examples of cruisers would be most Harley-Davidson's, as well as the Kawasaki Vulcan and the Suzuki C50 Boulevard. The biggest pro of the cruiser is that it's very good for a long cruise. After all, it's in the name. Also, while many of them have large engines, there are also a few great beginner-friendly models like the Honda Rebel and the Yamaha Virago 250. So what about the cons of cruisers? Their Achilles heel is that they're not really fast. Remember, they're designed to be ridden across long distances and for minor commuting. So it's not going to be ideal if you're looking for speed. On top of that, the middleweight and the heavyweight cruisers can also be quite heavy to maneuver for a beginner rider, especially at slower speeds. Next up, we have the stark contrast to the cruiser, the sport bike. These motorcycles have body panels on them to make them more aerodynamic, as well as a high power-to-weight ratio and a forward-leaning seating position for blazing fast lap times. Some examples of sport bikes include the Honda CBR900, the Kawasaki Ninja, and the almighty Suzuki Hayabusa. So what are the pros of sport bikes? Well, they're fast. If speed is your thing, a sport bike might be just what you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for a track bike or even a bike that you can show off at your local bike night. Either way, this is an excellent choice. And the cons? Well, they're fast. And because of this, they can be quite dangerous to ride, especially on the street. They also tend to be expensive, not just to buy, but also to insure. And the reason for that is because not only do they get crashed a lot, they also get stolen quite a lot, something which is reflected in the insurance quote, which tends to be quite high. Furthermore, they're also not going to be ideal for long-distance trips. Remember, unlike a cruiser, your seating position is going to be quite aggressive with you leaning over the bike as you ride it. It's definitely tolerable when you're at a track, But after a while on the motorway or the interstate, you're going to start to feel very uncomfortable. Next we have the touring motorcycle. As the name might imply, a touring bike is designed for comfort and for riding long distances. Think of them as the supersized version of a cruiser with larger engines, windscreens, and heavy bags for additional storage space. 
Some examples of touring motorcycles include the Harley-Davidson Electroglide, the Honda Goldwing and the BMW K1200LT. Obviously, if you're planning to take a trip that will take you across one or more countries, this is an excellent choice. However, it's not going to be ideal for beginner riders simply because of how heavy it is. Also, don't plan on commuting to work on one, it's just too heavy for that. So far, we've covered riding on-road, but what about if you want to take it off-road? If that's the case, consider getting a dirt bike. Dirt bikes are small motorcycles equipped with knobby tires to get maximum traction on unpaved road surfaces and other off-road terrains. Many dirt bikes are two-stroke, although some manufacturers make four-stroke dirt bikes. The biggest pro of getting a dirt bike is the sporting opportunities that they offer. Having a dirt bike is a great way to get into sports like motocross and enduro. One of the biggest con of dirt bikes is that they're often not street legal. They usually don't have a horn, headlight or license plate, all of which are required to ride legally on the street in many countries. If you do want a street legal motorcycle that still offers off-road capabilities, then consider getting a dual sport. Dual sports are similar to dirt bikes, except that they're equipped to be ridden both on-road and off-road. Because of this, dual sports are equipped with special tires to provide good all-around traction on both paved streets and dirt roads. Some examples of dual sport motorcycles include the Suzuki DRZ400SM, the Honda CRF250L, and the Yamaha XT125X. Some pros of dual sport motorcycles include the fact that they are reasonably lightweight, making them very easy to handle. And since they both have on-road and off-road capabilities, you get the best of both worlds. One con of them, however, is that the seating position tends to be quite high off the ground. In other words, if you're a little bit on the shorter side, you might struggle with putting your foot down while the bike's stationary. But what if motorcycles are too intimidating for you? What if you want to start out on something that's easy to handle? If that's the case, consider a scooter or a moped. Now, some people might debate whether or not these can be considered motorcycles, but here we consider them to be part of the two-wheeler family. Mopeds and scooters tend to be grouped together, but there are differences between the two. Scooters have a step-through design and often a storage compartment underneath the seat, while mopeds are often built from a bicycle or a motorcycle frame and have no storage space under the seat. Scooters also have automatic transmissions, while mopeds can sometimes have manual transmissions. Finally, compared to mopeds, scooters also have much smaller wheels. Perhaps the most well-known example of a scooter is the iconic Vespa, which became a fashion icon back in the 1960s, particularly in the mod subculture in Britain. Some examples of mopeds include the Puch Maxi, the Zündab KS50, and the Tomo Sprint. Some pros of scooters and mopeds include that they are generally quite affordable, and in many countries you can ride one on a moped license. They're also quite easy to ride, largely thanks to their low-powered engines, making them ideal for commuting in urban and even suburban areas. What about the cons? Well, they're slow. In fact, in some countries, they have a restricted top speed of 45 kilometers an hour. So in other words, they're not going to be suited for motorway use. In some countries like Sweden, for instance, mopeds and scooters are divided into class one and class two, a topic which I'll cover in a future episode. But for now, how do you determine which motorcycle, moped or scooter is the right fit for you? Well, it depends on these factors. First of all, how old are you and how much riding experience do you have? Depending on how old you are, you might not be able to get a full motorcycle license right away. You might only be able to get a license to ride a moped or a 125cc motorcycle. Regardless of your age, 
You also want to take your experience into account. If you don't have that much riding experience, it's generally a good idea to stay away from the heavy and big motorcycles. Instead, look for something in the 250 to 500cc range. Then you want to consider what kind of riding you're planning to do. For example, are you just going to use your motorcycle to commute to work? Then you want to avoid touring motorcycles. Go for a scooter, a standard, or a cruiser instead. Similarly, if you want to go on a lot of long distance rides, a sport bike is probably not going to be the best choice for you. You want to get a cruiser instead. Your height is also an important factor. As I mentioned earlier, a short person might struggle with a dual sport that's high off the ground, just as a tall person would be uncomfortable on a smaller motorcycle. One of the best ways to get a general idea of what you'll fit on is to visit CycleErgo.com, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. This is a website where you can input your height and your inseam and view if you fit or don't fit a certain type of motorcycle. So that concludes the very first episode of 30 Minute Motorcycling. I hope you enjoy listening and above all that you learn something new. So until next time, keep your helmet on and your eyes on the road. Bye!